so um my topic is suicidal awareness and i was just gonna ask like around five questions um my first question is uh what are your reasons for becoming a counselor and uh like wanting to work for like the school and different kids um I wanted to become a counselor because I started off as a teacher, just a regular teacher. And when I got my first teaching job years ago, I ran into a lot of, I was a kindergarten teacher. So I had a lot of students that would come into my classroom that needed help. Mm. Um, everything from just help with, I mean, these are little five-year-old yeah. kids. And so they would be crying about something that happened at home or... They would come in and not have sh the proper shoes, like miss missing shoes or shoes that were in bad shape or very little proper clothing. And so I kept, I found myself buying them things and trying to help them. And um, that kind of got me thinking on that path of, I, I like that type of help, helping kids. So. Um, that's when I started thinking about going back to school become, to become a counselor. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was just circumstances that showed me that there are a lot of kids out there and young adults that need help in mm -hmm. the school systems. So mm -hmm. that's what made me do that. <laughs> um, my next question is whenever you're helping someone, like, are you able to tell like how they're feeling based on like, uh, like body language or how they're talking to you? Oh boy. I would say Colton, that I look at a lot of different things because I don't think there's one thing that's going to tell me what I need mm -hmm. to know and a lot of times looking at a lot of things doesn't tell me everything I need to know but I, I, do, I do a lot of um, watching I do watch their body language. I do um, look for cues into how they're feeling emotionally, you know, if they're angry or if they're sad or if they're anxious or nervous, mm -hmm. scared. So I watch a lot of cues for that. I also um, ask questions and I try to make them communicate with me about what kinds of things they're thinking about and what kinds of things that they have fears are kids your age are really good at that you know they're good they're they're a lot more able to communicate but when you have little kids sometimes they're not able to verbalize what's going on so you look for clues and sometimes you even get those clues from family members and parents and discussions on the phone and um, visual clues about their appearance and so I would say you take the whole picture and you look at all those things to try to get where you know where you need to be so um have you ever tried to put yourself in like somebody else's like shoes to try to understand how they would feel or like or at least try to understand their topic from at least their perspective um i think i do it probably more than i should <laughs> i i um <clears throat> probably overthink it mm. because I would, I would try to, I try, I put myself in their shoes because mm -hmm. I, I have to think from their perspective on the best way to help them because it's not just about what I want. 
it's not about what I think is right or it really isn't about me at all. It's about that student and what the needs are of that student at that particular time. And um, I don't think there's any norm for that. And I don't think there's any special rule for that. I think that you have to look at that kid as an individual mm -hmm. and really see what they need. And so I'm always thinking, what would, what would, what would I be thinking or what would I do if I was that, you know, that kind of thing. So I think I do that to the point sometimes of ex to, I exhaust myself because I'm like, I don't know, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. I feel like overlooking, I mean, oh, or doing it more than you should could probably help in some cases so you can get like, understand them more. Right. I, I always have told myself that I always want to err on the side of caution before I make any major decision about um, doing something for a student, especially if it involves, you know, the entire family or members of the family or even even their school you know mm -hmm. it's not just it's not what i think is right it's not about me so it's about them um, who would you recommend to talk first if it wasn't like a counselor or a therapist if somebody's having depressed depressive thoughts or like suicidal thoughts that that that's kind of a that's an interesting question. I would say <clears throat> right off the bat, the first thing that pops into my mind is I've always wanted kids, I've always tried to encourage kids to, to communicate with their parents. I think that some kids think that they can't talk to their parents and so they 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 avoid it because Maybe they're mad at them, or maybe they think that they won't like what they hear, you know. And I think, for the most part, I think a lot of parents really do want to help their kids, and I think the kids maybe don't give them a lot of credit. When, you know, so I really want them to talk to their parents. But in reality, I also know that some kids don't have parents who maybe want to help them. Like they're there for I, them the whole time. You know, I, I, not all parents are the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that to say that every parent is the, the best parent and to say that every parent wants the best for the child would be how we want it to be. But in reality, I don't know that every kid has that mm -hmm. all the time. I think yeah. a lot of kids do. Yeah. But I think there are kids out there that don't. And so sometimes talking to their family members aren't an option because maybe they have other things going on. Maybe they're, they've lost their home or maybe their parents are, um, you know, have something going on that doesn't make them the best person to give advice for. So I think, number one, I would say I encourage parent, them to talk to their parents, but sometimes it can be, it doesn't have to be a parent. It can be um, an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent or a teacher, or a, another professional, maybe a doctor, or maybe, I would say sometimes even a best friend, but sometimes those best friends just aren't equipped to help you deal with all that. So I always try to get them to at least tell somebody that's an adult, that mm -hmm. they trust. It's not about who I think it is, it's about who that kid feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. So probably my, first an my best answer for that would be I would encourage them to, to speak to their parents. If it absolutely can't be a parent, then I would pick the next best person that maybe is close to them. Mm -hmm. um, 
and doesn't really have to be related. They have to trust them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you get into like those thoughts and you want help, you should probably go with like people you're really, really close to and mm-hmm. people you trust mm-hmm. to help you with that topic. Yes. Um, uh, last question is when someone comes to you like personally and and they like ask you for help, what do you try to do first? Get to know them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Try, try to get in their shoes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Try to see where they're coming from and get to know them and just kind of see what it's not always you're not always able to do that, but if, if I can, that's what I try to do the first thing. Yeah. Because I want to kind of see where they're coming from, what they're feeling, and what they're wanting. And probably I ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, if they're if they're capable of doing that, answering them. Mm-hmm. Some kids are too upset. Sometimes I just, depending on the situation, I just let them be and let them kind of decompress. And But usually I just try to get to find out what, what their needs are. Mm-hmm. So... All right, well, that's all I have, and I just want to thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Hello, my name is Colton Rush, and today you'll be listening to my podcast over the topic of suicidal awareness and the stigma around it. There will also be some topics that consist of depression and anxiety. I will be interviewing my counselor, Mrs. Bowers, who has been a counselor for 34 years with high school and others alike. The purpose of this podcast is to give people professional insight on the suicide, depression, anxiety, and to see differing opinions of different people. This topic has a lot of meaning because I have a lot of connections to them. I want everyone who listens to this podcast to ask themselves, What would you do when someone close to you has one of these problems hidden inside them? Hello, my name is Colton Rush, and today you will be listening to my podcast over the topic of suicidal awareness and the stigma around it. There will also be some topics that consist of depression and anxiety. I will be interviewing my counselor, Mrs. Bowers, who has been a counselor for 34 years with high school and others alike. The purpose of this podcast is to give people professional insight on the suicide, depression, anxiety, and to see differing opinions of different people. This topic has a lot of meaning because I have a lot of connections to them. I want everyone who listens to this podcast to ask themselves, What would you do when someone close to you has one of these problems hidden inside them? Last Friday, I talked to my counselor about the ongoing topic of suicidal awareness. We talked about multiple different things that had to do with some of the questions that I had asked her. The way the conversation went is different from any conversation I've had before, mostly since it is a professional from the topic. I was able to understand a lot of what she was saying from experience of what I've seen. My counselor throughout the interview always mentioned that knowing the person you're talking to is a big step in moving forward against the stigma, depression, or anxiety. She thought that if anyone can do so, they should first talk to their parents. This was an important subject because you should only share these feelings with the people you trust the most. 
In my next interview, I'll probably try to engage more in the conversation. This will allow me to get even more information and understand whoever I'm talking to more. Being clear who I'm talking to them would probably be better for the future, so I seem more professional. I should also try to get as much information as possible out of them to get the best description of the job and their thoughts. This will probably all better myself in the future while I'm trying to do more interviews for jobs or and for people I'm hiring if that ever happens. Last Friday, I talked to my counselor about the ongoing topic of suicidal awareness. We talked about multiple different things that had to do with some of the questions I, I, I had asked her. The way the conversation went is different from, from any conversation I've had before. I'm, I was able to share real feelings I don't usually talk about in front of most people. I was able to understand a lot of what she was saying from experience of what I've seen. My counselor, my counselor throughout the interview always mentioned that knowing the person you're talking to is a big step in moving forward against the stigma of depression slash anxiety. She thought that if anyone can do so, they should first talk to their parents. This was an important subject because you should only share these feelings with the people you trust the most. Next time I try to do an interview, I'll probably try to engage more in the conversation. This will allow me to get even more information and understand whoever I'm talking to more. Being clear while I'm talking with them would probably be better for the future, so I seem more professional. I shall try to get as much information as possible out of them to get the best description of the job and their thoughts on the topic.